The Big Schmear is brought to you by Ish Premium Horseradish. With a unique freshness, delicious flavor, and tantalizing texture, Ish is the surprise condiment that brings something special to everything and anything you add it to. From gefilte fish to vanilla ice cream, Ish transforms the ordinary into the extraordinary. For more ideas, visit premiumish.com. campaign, Mental Health Awareness Shabbat Dinner. And so it's part of our mental health awareness programming, of course, in May, but something we encourage people to do all year long. And we have a website, mentalhealthshabbat.org, that's dedicated to bringing Shabbat and mental health resources together. Hi, and welcome to The Big Schmear, the podcast celebrating Jewish food, culture, and history. I'm your host, Beth Schenker. Lately, I've found that although I have lots to do, it seems difficult to keep my mind from dwelling on COVID-19. It seems to seep through even during the most focused times of my day. And assuming I'm not alone in this, I decided to invite Gabrielle Spat, Executive Director of the Blue Dove Foundation, to join me as my guest today. Blue Dove Foundation is based in Atlanta and was created to help address the issues of mental illness and substance abuse in the Jewish community and beyond. Gabby is here to talk about May as Mental Health Month, and she's going to provide us with some practical tools to help us through these trying times, including how we can use the Shabbat meal as a way for us to stay grounded. Hi, Gabby. Welcome to the Big Schmear. Hi, Beth. Thanks so much for the opportunity to join you and talk about food and Jewish, which are two of my favorite things, especially in this very trying difficult time of COVID-19. Yeah, it is. It is trying. So I'm going to ask you, how are you? And um, because COVID-19 mandates seem to be different state by state, I'm wondering what's life in Atlanta like for you? Life in Atlanta, uh, we have been in shelter in place for the last few weeks. I can't believe, I think this is week five, that this has really been going on in our country. And it's, it's trying and it, it's tough. You know, we're here, we're in our home, we're safe, our family's safe, and that's something to be incredibly grateful for. And, you know, my husband and I, we think about, yeah, we think about, you know, people that aren't, and we also think about what we're missing. And, you know, in our daily lives, we're missing our friends, we're missing our family. Passover just happened. We miss the 30 people that surround (laughs) our Passover Seder every year, which is really tough. And we think about our Shabbat dinners that we have. We think about traveling. And for us, it's how are we reimagining our life and how are we thinking differently? And also remembering what we're grateful for. Absolutely. Is, is a real big part. So I know that May is Mental Health Month. And tell me, what does that mean to the Blue Dove Foundation exactly? Sure. So Mental Health America launched several years ago something called Mental Health Awareness Month. Each year, it's a different theme. Well, the Blue Dove Foundation, we launched Mental Health Awareness Month uh, as a way for us to think about connecting 
as we do typically through a Jewish lens. And this month, this coming May, we'll be hosting several mental health awareness events with partners across the country, all focused on mental health awareness, but through a Jewish lens, which is what makes us a very unique organization and our programming different than other mental health awareness programs that are taking place. And so I know that you're doing an initiative that has to do with social distancing, and maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. So I think social distancing or social isolation, physical isolation, whatever you want to call it, is a new term and experience you know, for most of us. And it's taking us away from physical human interaction and offering a new virtual or personal way of connecting. And while some may be experiencing mixed emotions or processing what's going on, we created a tool it's called Gratitude in a Time of Social Distancing that's a resource to help bring what's in front of us in a way of us thinking what we're also grateful for. So what we've done is through a Jewish lens, we've created an activity that helps you think about what's going on in your daily life and what can you be grateful for. There's a few questions to help reframe your thinking. There are suggested activities that you can do to start practicing gratitude. And it's a piece that helps you internalize what you're thinking and help bring you back to being grounded and appreciate what's around you when we often tend to think about what we're missing or what we don't have. What I love about that is it sounds like it's an activity that you can do if you're the only one in your home or if you're in a home with a partner or your family or so it, it doesn't Everybody can use this as a great tool. A hundred percent. You know, some of the questions, they are prompts to get you. For instance, one of the questions is to look around. What are three things I have that I really need right now? Or what is one thing that I can do for someone in the next few days? And sometimes the feeling of gratitude comes from the feeling of doing for others. And that's another piece that's embodied into this resource. Even though we're apart, we can still support each other. Right. And the other thing is that you can, like these are small steps, but can have a huge impact. And you can feel like you've done something. And that I think is really important. You can feel productive in a very positive way. And it's hard to feel that way now. A hundred percent. I think you summed it up perfectly you know and and there are people that are at home either by themselves or with their family who do struggle with depression or mental illness and this can be a time that's even more difficult for them because they need that interaction or thrive on that and so we really want to think about those individuals too and if that is you reach out to somebody Or if you're a person that's full of a home of spouse and children, reach out to somebody you know who doesn't have that. And that can make such an impact. You may never even know the impact it makes. Right. But it's so important. 
so oh. important. So just from the little we've talked about, the Blue Dove Foundation, people can tell that there are resources that are are provided here on your website, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, um, that are so worthwhile. And I, I wonder if you could tell your, if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about your personal story of how you got involved with this organization. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. It's something I am always willing to share about and find it really important to talk about. My background is not in mental health. The reason I do this work is through personal passion. I lost my younger sister. Uh, she was 30 years old, and she passed away of an opioid overdose. And she struggled her adult life with bipolar disorder, depression, suicidal thoughts, even after losing her best friend to suicide. You know, she never thought about doing it, she said, after. So we'll really never know. And so I'm the kind of person that in order to make change happen, I have to be in it. I have to create something. I have to do something. And so I just celebrated a year as executive director yeah, of this tough. organization. Thank you. And it's it's been a game changer for me personally, hearing the stories constantly from people across the country. Just as my sister, she was raised with a Jewish background, Jewish upbringing, had everything she could need, but wasn't happy. And she struggled silently and she struggled alone. And so part of the work is about sharing her story and about sharing other stories. And we do that through our Quieting the Silence platform, which is a way for individuals and communities to share people's stories and work towards eradicating the shame and stigma that exists not only in the Jewish community, but in all communities. And you have a book called Quieting the Silence. Is, is that right? We do. It was just released in um, 2020, so just about two months ago. And it's called Quieting the Silence, Personal Stories. It's a collection of personal stories dedicated to raising awareness, understanding, support, and hope for those who struggle with mental illness and addiction in the Jewish community. It's a tough read. You know, it's it's real life. It's real stories written by Jewish individuals across the United States as far as South Africa. Wow. And share stories on LGBTQ+, plus transgender, women's infertility, addiction, suicide, bipolar disorder. You name it, it's in here. And it also includes some resources that talk about self-help and gratitude through a Jewish lens. Also, a Jewish Prayers for Healing section, hotline numbers to call, and a mental health glossary. Whoa, it sounds like a wonderful resource. Yeah, it's great. It's available on Amazon, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think people got that that hint, and it's nice that it's so easy to to acquire. So I'm, I'm happy for you and that it's out there, and happy for those in our, my listening audience that would find this to be a great resource for them. So we're talking a little bit about the Jewish piece of all this. And so I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the name of the organization and where did that come from? The Blue Dove Foundation? Yeah. Um, Sure. So our founders, they were a husband and wife, 
and she is a uh, licensed social worker. They started a treatment center, an intensive outpatient treatment center that's rooted, again, in Jewish values, uh, based here in Atlanta. And their first client was a woman who, who lost her daughter, a Jewish woman. And the daughter was an artist, and she loved to draw birds. And there was one that resembled a dove mm -hmm. in many ways. And so that really became the symbol of the Blue Dove Foundation. There's also a biblical kind of connection to it. And the book of Genesis, when Noah released the dove after the great flood, in order to see if the water had subsided, the dove came back carrying fresh plucked olive leaves. And so it was a sign of life and of God's bringing Noah, his family, and the animals to renewed land. And so we like to think that the dove represents peace of the deepest kind. It soothes, it quiets when people are worried, and it helps with our troubled thoughts, enabling us to find renewal in the silence of our mind. So really it brings peace, life, hope, and freedom to those facing addiction and mental health through a Jewish lens, and, and that's what we strive for. That's really lovely, and um, it's so nice to know the story behind the name. It even means makes it feel more meaningful. So you know that The Big Schmear is a food-oriented podcast, and so what, what better way to tie in food and caring for ourselves than the Shabbat dinner table? So you and I have been talking about how we can tie all that together and, and how you can feel better and help others at your table feel better, not just during COVID-19, but at any time. And so I wonder if you could give us some pearls of wisdom about this. Absolutely. And that's my favorite thing you mentioned is like food, right? So I love your podcast because of the food. Uh, thanks. Too. And, <laughs> um, you know, the fact that we're doing this in, in kind of two ways and, and finding the intersection, I think, is really special. And when we think about mental health awareness, we think about bringing people together for conversation. And no better place to do that than the Shabbat dinner table, right? Shabbat is this special gift that's given to the Jewish people, a 25-hour sense of time where we get to press pause, we get to think about ourselves, we get to spend time with other people in our communities, we get to nourish our body and our mind. And that's such a special ritual, I think, for us. And as we think about it, we think about it in the lens of self-care and gratitude. And self-care doesn't take a long time, but it's incredibly important to one's personal health physically and mentally. And it's critical if we can't take care of ourselves that we can't be at our best to take care of others. And so this Shabbat in this traditional authentic meals that we have or prayers, it can bring something unique and that we can create for our friends and family. It also allows us to create intention in our lives and allows us to set aside this time when we're really busy and pushes us to put ourselves first and to put our community first. And we love to take this concept and yes, we can do it during Shabbat and we should, but we can also do it all week long. And so thinking about how to take that a step further, 
we have developed the campaign, Mental Health Awareness Shabbat Dinners. And so it's part of our mental health awareness programming, of course, in May, but something we encourage people to do all year long. And we have a website, mentalhealthshabbat.org, that's dedicated to bringing Shabbat and mental health resources together. There's tons of material on there from articles to read by individuals and professionals and their thoughts, mental health statistics. But I think my favorite piece that's on there and that truly can change the way a Shabbat dinner takes place is the mental health Shabbat dinner guide that we created with One Table, which is an organization that empowers people who don't yet have a consistent Shabbat dinner to practice and build their own Shabbat dinner experience and practice. And they focus on individuals 21 to 39. They're super cool. I encourage everyone to check them out. And we created this mental health Shabbat guide in a way to help individuals who aren't used to talking necessarily about mental health to help the conversation flow, to help you set up and create this experience for yourself, but also for the people that join you. And knowing that we're in this COVID-19 you know, experience, the people that join you at your dinner table could be the people that you're living with, friends, family, or you could do it virtually like so many people are doing right now, FaceTime, Zoom, whatever. And that's still a way to bring people together for these conversations. And as you said, it doesn't have to be on Shabbat. That's a sort of natural time to do it, but it can happen any day of the week, any time that works for you. Can you give me any examples of what are some things that we could do at the table? Just a couple? Yeah, absolutely. So the Shabbat guide includes tons of examples and and ways to do that. But I think there's a couple that stick out to me and that I really like. Within the guide, there's a way to take the Shabbat ritual, and there's alternative texts that we've created. So as you're saying a traditional prayer for Shabbat, you might want to offer the alternative Shabbat. For instance, after you say the prayer over the challah, our alternative text is, when thinking about mental health, nourishing your mind, body, and soul is key. Take time to nourish you without self-care you won't be at your best to help others. And that's an example. There's several different ritual alternative texts that you can use for different parts of Shabbat ritual. Hmm. Another activity that I really like is a family cube activity that we've created where you can print out a piece of paper, cut it, fold it, and it turns into a cube where you could roll a dice. And there's different questions for different age groups. You know, a couple examples of those are if you were a teacher what rules would you make? What is your favorite memory of our family? If you could choose intro music, what song would it be? So those are a couple of my favorites. Oh, I love that. And again, that could easily be done via Zoom or FaceTime. You don't have to be in physically in the same room for it to have the kind of impact and meaning that is at the root of all of that. Yeah. And it's all electronic. So, you know, you guys, People could share stuff, email it, text it. Really easy to make it virtual. And so staying on the topic of the Shabbat dinner table, I wonder if you could talk about food more specifically and give us some ideas. 
Like, are there foods we should pay more attention to at this time? Help us out. Yeah. So I love to cook. It's something that I you know, learned, I think, and have experienced with both of my grandmothers growing up. They each lived 10 minutes away. And my grandmother, one of them is still alive. She's 94 years old. And every time I tell her that I cook something, she turns around the next day and is cooking it also. Oh, gee. Um, Competition. Yeah, it's hilarious. (laughs) And she has a hard time seeing. She's 94. So what used to take her maybe a couple hours to make a hala takes her most of a day. But it's good, and we get to share our pictures back and forth and FaceTime so that we can experience it together. (laughs) So hala has become something that I continue to cook more and more every month. And every time I'm doing it, I love that I'm creating something, right? That I'm using my hands, that I'm taking this time. I'm not really talking to anybody and I'm thinking about what I'm I'm doing. And I Googled a couple months ago. It just I was curious if there was anything out there that kind of connected Hala and mental health, Shabbat and mental health, et cetera, et cetera, as we were preparing for our book. And I came across a woman, Beth Riccanati, who had written a book called Braided, A Journey of a Thousand Hollas. And I've reached out to her. We quickly became friends. And I said, hey, would you contribute your thoughts into our Quieting the Silence book? Because you share them perfectly. And, you know, she did. And what I love is the way that she says it is that she made Hala once because a friend suggested her to. And then she kept making Hala for over 10 years because she felt better doing it, getting her hands sticky in a bowl of dough and kneading the dough helped her to manage her stress. And I just thought that was, you know, so beautiful. And it made me rethink this special ritual that we have within Hala. And so now I make Hala a lot, a lot more often. Can I jump in for just uh, a second about the challah? Yeah. So in case you're a new listener to the Big Shmir, you might not know that I actually did a show with Beth. So it was Beth and Beth. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about that. Uh, anyway, about ooh, maybe a year or so ago. So do dig back into some of the archives because you'll love listening to Beth. And she's like, you can't, her book is wonderful, by the way, but you can't not read the book and then not want to make challah, like immediately. So it would be a good idea, just as a heads up, that if you're going to listen to the podcast or read her book, have all the ingredients ready just in case. (laughs) So (laughs) anyway, so go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just had to say how wonderful she is. I think it's great. And, you know, honestly, it's Beth and Beth together is like fantastic. (laughs) Um, Beth squared. Yes. So I think continuing to think about Shabbat foods, right, is what are those foods that we can nourish our body? Of course, there's a traditional Shabbat meal that you might have within your family. You know, ours looked like any other kind of traditional Jewish holiday meal, soups and chickens and veggies and salads and starchy potatoes usually. But I think in Today's day and age, you know, everyone's kind of mindful about what they're eating and what you're creating. You know, there's lots of food that you could create that actually help foster good mental health, right? And that 
they help you kind of connect with what's going on. So you're feeding your soul and you're feeding your mind at the same time. And on our mentalhealthshabbat.org page, we actually have a great Pinterest page that you can go to that has examples of these foods. It has some recipes. But to give you a couple ideas, for instance, salmon, which is a fatty fish, is full of omega-3 fatty acids. And those help to improve food, memory, and concentration and can help fight off mood swings. Leafy green vegetables support increased memory and concentration, plus have powerful antioxidants. While dark chocolate also triggers serotonin and releases a feel-good feeling, if we match it with berries, which I love, like a dark chocolate cake with berries, mm. <laughs> berries contain a high... <laughs> Berries also contain high levels of antioxidants, which help improve brain function. Green tea contains theanine, which is a calming agent. And so a lot of times when we host in-person events, we'll always serve hot green tea for that feeling of like calmness as we're getting into talking about some really heavy, deep pieces. So those are just some ways to think about, again, the idea of Shabbat and taking this time to rest where we can feed our bodies and we can feed our minds together. Oh, um, that's so helpful. I think, again, it's like when you feel overwhelmed and not sure what the first step can be, here's some little things that can collectively make a huge difference, but they're doable. Like you might not have salmon in your refrigerator, but maybe you have some greens and maybe you have some tea, green tea, in your cupboard, and now is the time to pull it out. So I would encourage people to go to your website to see about more suggestions and more ideas, but I think this just gives people, pardon the pun, a taste of what they might find there. So this is really great. I'm, awesome. I'm also wondering, so has living with this pandemic the last couple of weeks or months, uh, feels like years, <laughs> the way that you think about the work that the Blue Dove Foundation is doing, is it has it made you think about operating in a different way or expanding things in a way that you might not have thought about? That's a good question. Thank you. So back in the beginning of March, you know, we were planning, because we're based in Atlanta, we do a lot of in-person events in Atlanta, and we partner with other communities across the country to support them in events they create. And we have lots of toolkits to support groups in doing that. But we had to cancel two events in March and five events in May that we were creating with partners you know, in Atlanta. And as most people are doing, wow, what do we do? How do we think about this? We have to pivot. What are we doing that we shouldn't be doing at this exact moment? Are we providing the right tools and resources? What should we be creating? And so we quickly pivoted. We were working on the idea of a mental health Passover Seder plate that we kind of rushed, not rushed, but kind of moved up the time frame so that we would have something available for people to start planning and, and using. And, and that was an incredible resource created the gratitude one that we talked about a little bit earlier. But what we also did was we pivoted our programming. And now we're going to have somewhere close to 10 virtual programs available in the month of May 
for anybody who wants to join across the country. Some are going to be actually holidays with Beth, who we talked about, who does an incredible job with that. We're going to do a book launch with one of the book contributors who's going to share their story to suicide. And another example is a program that we're going to be doing that brings the idea of mukha into mental health and healing. And so we really rethought what we were doing and how can we ensure that what we're creating and what we're providing is timely for people that need it right now, particularly for this Mental Health Awareness Month in May, which is really going to, I think, continue to be a tough time for people. Yeah, and I also think that, I mean, it's too soon to know what the world will look like even three months from now and what the new normal would look like. But do you think you might be continuing to do some online resources so that not just organizations, but also families and individuals will have access to more resources no matter where they're located in the world? Absolutely. It's something that we have put into kind of our planning and Every time we create something, whether it be an in-person program or a resource, we think about how can this be used beyond. And so we have several toolkits and activities that are available on our website to do just that. Uh, There's one that's going to be coming out that we're doing in partnership with in the city camps, which is a local day camp that's providing virtual camp activities now. And we're creating an activity with them that parents across the country will be able to do in their home with their children as an activity to infuse a little mindfulness and wellness into their time. Whoa, that's really great. In fact, you just led me into the the next question I was going to ask was, ask you was, are there other projects or programs that we should be on the lookout for? And are there other partner organizations that we should know about, which I feel like Talking about this also gives other people out there associated with organizations the idea that, oh, maybe we could partner with the Blue Dove Foundation on this project we're doing. So, Yeah, that's good. Partnership collaboration are like two building blocks of our organization. Um, I truly don't think we would have the success we had and the reach we have, right, of getting our tools out there without partnerships. You know, it depends what you're looking for. BBYO, who's been a great partner of us, they have a platform called BBYO On Demand, and they focus a lot on creating activities virtually right now for teens, right? So if someone's part of BBG, BBYO, ABA, that all falls under there. And they constantly, all day long, have programs for families, for teens, the Jewish Teen Collaborative Funder Group, which also is a consortium of 10 organizations across the country. They're constantly creating programming and different JF and CSs across the country, Jewish Family and Career Services. You know, within each of their local communities, they often are times offering group therapy sessions, individual therapy sessions, support groups, you know, a lot of times also at reduced cost. So if there's somebody that's looking for some treatment, that can be a way to engage in that too. 
all kinds of wonderful resources. And so uh, this would be the perfect time to tell people again what your website address is and also for folks to know that if you are feeling like you want to make a donation to this organization, there's ways to do that as well. So Gabby, what's the address and best way for people to reach you and your resources? Awesome. Thanks, Beth. You're so good and wonderful thinking <laughs> about us. We are a nonprofit, so any donation, any amount makes a huge impact, especially as we're a very young nonprofit, grassroots, just kind of getting started. And those donations can be made on our website, which is www.thebluedovefoundation.org. And when you're on our website, I definitely would encourage you to sign up for our emails. Don't send too many of them to hand you, but everything we do send is informational, informative, and educational. And please follow us on Facebook and on Instagram because the Jewish mental health conversation always continues there. And we're sharing articles, ideas, resources in our digital platform that hopefully can touch individuals. And we encourage you, please, to amplify what we're sharing, to share it on your own personal networks. And if you're a part of a larger organization, if it makes sense to to share it that way, too. Gabby, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today and to thank you for the important work that Blue Dove Foundation does every day. Really appreciate it. Oh, Beth, it's our honor. And thank you for believing in what we're doing, for sharing what we're doing, and for being a partner, right? You're amplifying our mission and our work, and we're making a big impact in that, too. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. My recording and mix engineer is Steve Robinson. The Big Schmear theme music is performed by Cavatina Duo from their CD entitled Sephardic Journey on the CD record label. If you like The Big Schmear, please don't forget to subscribe and to write a review or share a like on my Facebook group page. All this really helps the podcast grow. If you have comments or questions, I'd love to hear from you. Please email me at beth at thebigschmear.com. And be sure to check out my website, thebigschmear.com, to find recipes shared by my guests. I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Schmear. Thank you for listening, and happy eating. The Big Schmear is brought to you by Ish premium horseradish. With a unique freshness, delicious flavor, and tantalizing texture, Ish is the surprise condiment that brings something special to everything and anything you add it to. From gefilte fish to vanilla ice cream, Ish transforms the ordinary into the extraordinary. For more ideas, visit premiumish.com.